T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. The first part of it. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for being with us on a Monday. Uh, Joe, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. Uh, celebrations over the weekend. My parents uh, celebrated their 39th wedding anniversary, and my sister turned 30. So, welcome to the club. You only get old from here. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, 39, you know. Yeah. Almost. Almost, almost there. Almost there. Yep. <laughs> it almost counts. It's <laughs> an important one. I'm uh, touching my chin. I, for, I missed a spot shaving. Like oh. on my Adam's apple. Always the hardest part of shaving for me. But Just, that is the thing. When you miss a spot... And then you find it, you can't stop. Oh, you can't I'm going to be yeah. going like this all day long. <laughs> Joe, you know the answer to this, uh, but play dumb for a second. All I right. asked you this before, and uh, so I remember what you said the first time. I just thought that this was interesting that this came out today or yesterday, you know, one of the two days. No, today. It's uh, from August 1st. Sportico. So I, I don't really know much about Sportico. I've never been on this website before today, but it's getting a lot of pub. Uh, they are out with their annual NFL franchise valuation rankings. Yes. Right? Ranking all the NFL franchises in terms of how valuable they are. And uh, they use, you know, a whole bunch of different the, – the holdings, the sponsorship deals. They, they try and combine all these things to find uh, – and it's never right. Right. I mean, because you look at uh, like the Denver Broncos uh, recently sold for four over four and a half billion dollars, which is, you know, way more than any NFL team has ever sold for before. And so the next team is sold. Yeah. Now this kind of like skews the whole rankings and it. Right. So it's it's not a definite thing. Right. But the question was, all right, on the heels of somebody winning. $1.3 $1.3 billion in the lottery, the Mega Millions. What could that buy you in terms of NFL teams? Um, you know, How many teams could you buy out of 32 teams based on the latest Sportico that just came out today, team valuations? 1.32. Assuming you got it all, let's you know, forget about taxes, forget about what they take off the right. top. You get a um, check for one point. Zero three or one point three. It's one point three. One point three. You get that big check. 
How many of 32 teams could you buy? And, you know, I, I feel like an idiot for what my answer was, Brian, because I knew the number from Denver. But I said originally 10, and then you talked me down to three. So my answer was 10 first, three second. Uh, it was what I thought uh, the number of franchises might be able to get for that low 1.3 cost. But 10 might not be crazy for you to think. See, I, I 10 I knew was way off, but only because I've been paying... Like, very close attention to this. Like, this was all part of my thinking when talking about the stadium deal. So I'm, I was looking at this for, like, the last six months, you know, just over and over again, what people were valuing franchising, you know, the way they make money, all that kind of stuff. But 10 would not have been crazy considering what the Bills sold for. Right. right. When you think about the, uh, you know, the past few sales, the Bills sold for just over a billion dollars. So you're thinking, like, okay. They sold for a billion dollars like that five wasn't years that, ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. You know, maybe you could still buy them. They, I'm sure they've increased in value, but not. they're still playing in the old stadium. Well, they got the new deal. All right, so there's a lot that might go into So 10 didn't seem crazy to me. But, Joe, with 1.34, was it 1.34? Yes, $1.34 billion. If you just won the full Mega Millions. And this is why last Friday we were talking about uh, buying a sports team but i said like second division soccer team right that's where your eyes were that was my like reasonable expectation i didn't say nfl team because 1.34 billion dollars would buy you zero (laughs) nfl teams (laughs) in fact you would need to win that lottery three times to be able to afford the uh, least expensive uh, nfl team that's on this latest ranking that came out today the cincinnati Bengals, uh ranked as the least valuable NFL team. The least valuable NFL team still valued at $2.84 billion. The least valuable NFL team who just came off a Super Bowl defeat. <laughs> this is kind of strange. Uh, Jacksonville and Detroit right above them. And then right above that is Buffalo at 29 out of 32. They rank uh, Buffalo at $2.99 billion, which is a nice little return on investment if you're the Pagoulas. Yeah. You know, the Jacks, I, I thought Jacksonville would be the cheapest team. Uh, and I thought Jacksonville would be in the low ones, but that's just obviously everything is going up, even if you have a team that won one game. They value six teams at over $5 billion, the Chicago Bears, San Francisco, New York Giants, New England Patriots, LA Rams, and the most valuable team, $7.64 billion, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I mean, they've had some off years, and the Cowboys still, the... Uh, the king of the NFL when it comes to value, at least. A billion dollars just doesn't buy you what it used to. No, it sure you doesn't. can't get into the ownership club. But it is crazy. You look at the NFL. There's only 32 of them. They don't go for sale that often. But it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was within the last 15 years. It was under a billion dollars. You know, like uh, half a billion yeah. could get you an NFL team. And now it's just the Atlanta Falcons. Near. The Atlanta Falcons yeah. were sold for, what, $600 million, I believe? I mean. A, a paltry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like chump change. Um, there it goes. But, you know, just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, the New York Mets went for two bill. So, I mean, sports franchises are are going up. But you know what, Brian? As sport, as the cost of franchises go up, I mean, there is a, a, a optimistic way to look at this. So do the jackpots of the lottery. Right? We just had the fourth highest. Maybe one day it'll get to that number where you can buy a franchise. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> I feel like if I'm an NFL owner, you got to approve the sale. Like, I'm going to 
choose a uh, a businessman who might have some money left over after the sale. Yeah, <laughs> has some funds. Um, you know, through his brain power, worked his way into the money over just somebody who right. picked the right numbers. And remember, you do have to have some money left over. You do have to at least hit the ceiling. Or, I'm sorry, the floor. Yeah, the, you, you, you got to pay some players, too. Yeah. It gets a little pricey. Come on. Know. All right, Joe, over the weekend, a couple of uh, legendary uh, people dying. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played Uhura from Star Trek. Passing away at the age of 89. Hailing frequencies are open. She played Lieutenant Uhura for three seasons on the original Star Trek TV series and in six films. You wanted Adventure House this. Inspiring generations of fans, but Nichelle Nichols quit the show, frustrated over the size of her role. Later telling the TV Academy Foundation, Dr. Martin Luther King convinced her to stay because a black woman serving as bridge officer on a starship sent a vital message. For the first time on television, we will be seen as we should be seen every day. Matt Wolf, ABC News. All right. So, uh, you know, a legendary actress for that one role in Star Trek. And uh, we were talking about this a little bit because Star Trek is one of those shows that, you know, everyone knows about the Star Trek fandom. I don't uh, I can't consider myself among that. I watched the uh, the newer movie. Uh, that came out maybe like 10 years ago or so. Went to the theater, saw that. You know, it was entertaining. It was pretty fun. But was I'm, William Shatner in that? No, no. Oh. There was like a whole new cast of... I, I If Shatner was in it, might go see it on that alone. A lot of people, like a lot of the Star Trek community, they've always said they want Shatner to make a, an appearance. One last Star Trek appearance in one of these spinoffs, movies, uh, Do they, streaming. Do they say that? At these these Star Trek conventions, I always see you know interviews and people go, oh, we'd like to see Will and one more. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those interviews, but <laughs> it's because I'm not a I'm not a Trekkie, as they say, right? Right. I'm aware of uh, Star Trek, obviously hugely popular, but that's not uh, my thing. But it, it is the passion of so many people. I, I would say more so than Star Wars. Star Wars is a little more broad. Uh, you know, obviously it's diehard fans, but Star Wars got a little bit more of a broad appeal than Star Trek, right? There's uh, way more people who are into Star Wars just as kind of like, you know, oh, go see the movies, get the toys, than Star Trek. You're saying Star Wars has more casual fans than Star For Trek? For sure, I would think. Star Wars is a bigger... I mean, they got now with Disney, they're in the theme park, there's all the TV shows... The Baby Yoda, the, all that kind of stuff. But you do have like the collectors, the people who stand in line oh, yeah. you dressed have, you have up your to watch a movie. Diehard yeah. Star Wars fans, but you have casual fans in the way you don't really with Star Trek. What is that thing for you? Do you have one? Maybe are you a Star Trek fan or uh, one of these other? Do you have like a, a cult favorite thing? That you follow, 803-0930. And this is where me and Joe were talking uh, about an hour ago with, uh, he called Star Trek like a cult following type of thing. Yes. Because of the in, uh, the, the definition, which is loosely based, right? Everyone has their own different uh, take on this. But a cult following or, or, or is a film or a television or a, a um, franchise that has a passionate fan base, which forms an elaborate subculture, members of which engage in repeated viewings, uh, dialogue quoting, and audience participation. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Audience participation. That right there, in my opinion, fits Star Trek. It also fits some Elvis fans as well. Yeah. I To me, I look at something, if I'm going to say something as a cult following, 
Star Trek would not fit the bill. Right. Star Trek, Star Wars would not fit the bill. Elvis would not fit the bill. Although, you know, maybe the uh, further on you get, Elvis fits the bill because... Oh, as we go forward in time. Yeah, fewer and fewer people remember that. But the Beatles don't fit that because they're too popular. Mainstream? Yes. To me, a cult following is something that has, you know, a pretty significant group of diehard fans... And you can have people who know every little thing about it. They obsess over it. It's their favorite thing in the world. And you go about your day, and like five out of ten people have never even heard of what you're talking about. Right? Um, I'm thinking of example of movies. You have examples of movies with cult followings. I'm thinking of The Toxic Avenger is one of those things. Right? The Toxic Avenger, you have people who love that. They go to the... Uh, uh, the uh, big film festivals, they watch it, they've seen it a million times, they have all the sequels, and then uh, you might run into most people who have no idea what you're talking about. The movie The Room. Remember Seth Rogen made a, and um, yeah. uh, James Franco made a movie about that movie. It has a cult following. Most people have never heard of it. That, to me, is what a cult following is. It, it's something, you got a group of people, it's a pretty big group of people, but you can still go into, you know, your average bar or restaurant. You go into the workplace and you ask people, hey, have you heard of this? And a slight majority of people will say, I've never heard of that. Everybody's heard of Star Trek. So I just, I feel like that's no longer a cult following. And that, that is the debate. Can something mainstream be a cult following? So after you said that, Brian, I was... Wait a minute. It's not? I've always thought of Star Trek, Star Wars, with these cult followings. I know they're mainstream. Everyone knows what uh, what they are, you know. So I asked Aaron Minkowski, right? And, and Aaron said, I, I would take that as a cult following. But I, I got to go online. I got to see what people say. And that's the debate. What you said, there are people who say it can't be because mainstream things cannot be – cannot have cult followings because – uh, the movie industry or the, the 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 makers of these shows and movies, they made this to be cult following, which means it's, it was crazy, right? Crazy. But the original Star Trek, not the franchise, the original Star Trek that only lasted three seasons, they considered originally a cult following, and that's what brought it back to become this franchise. Did it go away? Yes. How long did it go away for? So it went away. So Star Trek uh, went off the air in... 1969, the next um, Star Trek animated series that came after that wasn't until the mid-70s. Okay, so that's a pretty So it was a cult good. following in, re- in replays. Yeah. That I can see it. Somebody texted in, and you can weigh in. What's, uh, do you have something you consider a cult following you're a huge fan of that not everybody else is? Or, you know, what, what constitutes a cult following? And now we've gotten a few texts on this. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And, again, I would say that that, you know, to me, that's not a – I wouldn't call that a cult following anymore because they did that on live broadcast TV. Like, didn't NBC or CBS – or one? Of, I was probably NBC uh, – have Rocky Horror Picture Show live in prime time? Like, once you do that on a major network, you're live in prime time. I don't think you're quite like a cult following – anymore i think that's jumped above that and now it's in the mainstream right like star trek at one point in time might have been like a cult following it it was 
um, you know, the Comic Cons and you know all the the nerd stuff, right? Yeah, that, that like, <laughs> the only people who like Star Trek. But once it had the uh, show with Picard, the bald guy, and it was on all the time, and everyone saw it. Uh, it you know, it was like the new, the next generation. It moved right? to the mainstream. Yeah, it started to, and then definitely when that movie came out like uh, 10, 15 years ago, and is like top of the box office, that's mainstream. That's not cult following. Right. Cult following is the late night, once a week show with the drive-in. Like, hey, we'll show this for you fans out there. Um, It's not the big box office number one thing, uh, tentpole franchise, like Star Wars or... Uh, Star Trek to a lesser extent. See, and I get that point, but I think mainstream things like Star Trek can have a cult following. And, and, and let me, so it's you know people know what it is, and you might even have casual fans, but then they have the Comic Con fans, right? The people that uh, they have, you know, their groups of they get together every week and they watch an episode from the original Star Trek, and they have collector items and they dress up when a new movie comes out. So maybe not all of their following is that cult-like thing, but they have that cult following. They have those diehards, hardcore fans that have a room in their house dedicated to Star Trek. Yeah, there's a difference between diehards and uh, saying that something has a cult following, I think. Because you have, let's t- uh, go to music. You have, Take the Beatles, for example. You right. have diehard Beatle fans. You do. You have uh, people who probably have their entire, you know, forget a room in their house. Their entire house is, is the yellow submarine, right? <laughs> you know, they're living in it. And that's like a diehard fan uh, more so than anybody else. But the Beatles don't have a cult following. They're the most popular band in all of history. So even though they have extreme diehard fans, I would never be able to say that they have a cult following. No. You know what I say? Like the Ramones. The Ramones don't have a cult following. Everyone knows them. Their shirts are for sale at the mall. <laughs> like they can't, You know, you can't be a cult following when you got that. Well, maybe at the mall now, anything for sale at the mall. You might have yeah. a cult following if you're a store at the mall. The mall's a cult following. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dwindling numbers, and you're pretty hardcore about it. But, I don't, you know, I don't know. What is it? That uh, makes something have a cult following. And if you have something like that, what draws you to it? Because it is interesting to be, I, I would like to say everyone has something like this, uh, but maybe not, right? Um, I, I would think that everyone is gets really into something that maybe not everyone else is into. And it's kind of like your own thing. Yeah. But I, maybe that's not the case. Like, Joe, I look at you. You're in Virginia Tech. Yes. You know, in Buffalo, it's kind of a cult following. Right. Because, you know, who the hell cares, right? <laughs> I, mean, I hear that I hear that all the time. <laughs> but for it's not a cult following when you go and it's everybody. Yeah, right? Blacksburg, you go Virginia, down there. It's not a cult following. It's absolutely everybody. But here, I, it's one of those things where you can kind of, you wear that shirt with the VT on it. And you see another person, and it's almost like you're doing the Star Trek hand signal to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you you could have a secret handshake, because it's like, oh, wow, here's another person who likes exactly what I like. It's hard to come by around here. Always kicks off like an hour-long conversation right? when that happens. Yeah. So it's almost, it's something I would never consider it to, like, uh, under the normal way of talking about a cult following. But depending on where you are in the country, you know, Bill's fans 
who live all around the country probably feel this way about the Bills. Right. You know, the Bills here in Buffalo is the mainstream thing. Yeah. But if you're a Bills fan out in California or I don't know about Florida anymore. Florida is like a Bills hotbed. But you're a Bills fan in Texas or something like that. And you see another Bill, you kind of have a cult following of Bills fans where it's a small group of you, you're diehards. And you have your club, the Bills Backer Club, right? Yeah. Almost in every major city, you get together and that's where you have your, uh, as it says here, uh, you have your passionate fan base, you have elaborate subculture, and engage in repeated viewings. Hey, Bills fans. There you go, every Sunday. You know, I'm not going to lie, I've rewatched. The last game of uh, last season that we won't mention uh, three times when it's been replayed on the NFL Network. Now that is engaging in repeated viewings. That that does come with a little uh, hurt as well in dialogue quoting. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, you get a little bit of that too. Well, uh, what is it for you? Uh, Star Trek, a big loss from the original show. All of the Star Trek fans are mourning. You know, I know um, Dave Leventhal. You hear here um, once a week. He is. He must be a big Star Trek fan because his whole Twitter feed was just all Uhura from Star Trek yesterday upon News of the Passing. Whereas I think a lot of people could go, you know, about their day and not have heard about this, right? Because it it, it is a little bit of that. The original Star Trek, as you mentioned, it does have that passionate fan base, that almost cult-like following, even if everyone knows the greater Star Trek. I like Dave a lot. Does not surprise me at all that he's a Star Trek fan. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> whatever that's supposed to mean, Joe. Uh, what no, do you nothing think? bad. Nothing bad. But it, it, it just I can uh, that fits uh, Dave's personality uh, very well in a good way. In a good way. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Be Mass and Beamer on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. We are back here, Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN, and uh, talking about cult followings, um, a major death in the Star Trek world over the weekend. 
And it's one of these things that a lot of people love. Some people don't really care for. I say Star Trek can't really be a cult following because everybody's heard of it. It's it's a mainstream right now. And I guess that's how you define cult following. And how do you define it? 8030930 to join us here. BMAS and Beamer on WBEM. And that's where we differ because I would say that there are people within Star Trek community who are cult followers, right? I mean, they, they, they probably watched eight episodes over the weekend. Uh, and they have, you know, costumes, right? They're going to be the ones at Spirit Halloween when it opens in a few days uh, to see the new Star Trek costumes for this Halloween season. And I wouldn't even know if that's a thing. Like, are I'm, there new I'm, Star Trek? I'm making it up, but I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. that I'm right. Enough. But it's uh, this. Uh, somebody texted in, and I think this is like the core of the argument here. Uh, this person texts in. I think it's not so much how many followers you have; it's how religiously the fans follow, and that's one way to define a cult following. To me, it's the other. To me, I think you can't be a cult following if you've broken into the mainstream at all. Like, a cult following has to be something that people follow, they like a lot, and then at least half of the people uh, you're around have no idea what it is. They've never heard of it before. Like, a lot of people would consider the Grateful Dead a cult following. And, uh, and see, I wouldn't. Right. Because they're too popular. They're too, everyone's heard of them. They got a ice cream. You know, they, it's it's all you know. The they have ben an ice cream. Ben Cherry Garcia, Ben and Jerry's. Oh. It's like their most popular flavor. Yeah, uh, and they're selling out stadiums two nights in a row like that. You can't be a cult following. Like, is Garth Brooks a cult following, or the Rolling Stones? But by your definition, the Grateful Dead would be because only the dead have. Fans that can say like September twenty nine uh, seventy eight, and like yeah. someone else is like, yeah, that was a great one. Like they know the dates. Of, there's no other band that has that. And, and you've got people that will travel, and in one year they'll see the same band ten or twelve times, right? I mean, you ever hear Michael Caputo talk about the summer following the Grateful Dead? Like that—that that is a religious following. I mean, that is a. I don't know. I don't know if there's another band that I can think of. I mean, I remember he w- he was filling in here talking about it, and he d- spent a whole summer just following the Grateful Dead. I mean, to me, that is that is cult following right there. Yeah, um, and it depends on how you is it how feverishly people follow it, or is it a limited amount? Is it having a following without breaking into the mainstream? A few of our texts on our uh, text board eight zero three zero nine thirty. You can give us a call as well. Someone saying. Uh, by my definition of a cult classic, would the movies Pitch Black and The Chronicles of Riddick apply? And I would say yes, because I've never heard of them. Right. Those, <laughs> so, yeah. I've never heard of either of those two things. So I would say, yeah, they're probably a cult classic if you know a whole bunch of fans. Somebody else saying uh, Marvel, Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange, Captain America. No way would that be a cult classic because th- the most popular movies of all time, right? The Superhero, the what the Avengers movie made more money than any other movie ever. It can't yeah. be a cult classic if everybody's seen it. And, and and they do have those movies have a lot of casual fans, right? That will watch you know the movies, but yes, they're not going to go. Yeah. They're not going to go and order the uh, the the toys. It's not toys. What, what do you call you know the stuff? Keep it in the box uh, and collect <laughs> all the stuff from the movie. Um, someone said uh, anyone with a room in their house dedicated to Star Trek isn't a cult following. They're an idiot. 
And I say, hang on. Listen, would you text in the same thing about somebody with a bill's room in their house? Because it's the same thing. It's you have the interest. Some people are passionate about Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever. Some people are passionate about the Bills or the Sabres or whatever your team is. Some people, it's uh, music. It's one particular band. It's uh, the Beatles or something like that. It's the Grateful Dead, like we were talking about that. Everyone has that kind of passion. Um, And I I think that's great for people to have that. Yeah, I I mean. There's a, a bunch of things that I follow very closely that I, I love and life wouldn't be as fun without when we were talking about Elvis Brian we had people texting in about you know people that not only had rooms dedicated to Elvis but you know entire houses entire floors of their house uh, just covered in Elvis memorabilia I think someone said they had a couch an Elvis couch or, or something like that the vinyl Elvis table right uh, all over so uh, it's not just I'll hey if you like Star Trek Keep the room that you have dedicated to Star Trek. Collect all you want to collect. Hey, I've got signed baseball sitting in my closet. I wish I had a room to uh, to display those. Um, someone's saying the Jimmy Buffett parrot heads. That might be a cult following. I don't. Is Jimmy Buffett too? He's got the Margaritaville everywhere. I don't know. The parrot head uh, part of that might be the. I that's where I might bend my rule just a little bit for the. Fish, fish is another good one. Is that a cult following, or are they too big to? But see, I think you can go into a room of people, say fish, and you know they're like, uh, what kind? Bass? Uh, you know, I agree with that. They're they're not as big as Grateful Dead, right? They're not. As, there are people who do not know the band Fish. Yeah, and yet they're huge, and right. their followers will follow them to the end of the and world. You'll go to a bar one night, and someone will have put. $50 into the jukebox to play fish all night. You'll say, all right, I'm going somewhere else. Uh, we'll go to Carl. Carl, you're on uh, WBEN. All right, what do you think? What's your uh, favorite thing to follow that some people might think is strange? Well, there's two of them. The Alien series with Alien, Aliens, Aliens 3, Aliens, Resurrection, Prometheus, and Alien Covenant. And then the Riddick series, Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick, and Riddick. All right, so with the alien, so now you have me almost changing my mind. You and Joe together have me changing my mind because Alien um, is, and Carl, thanks for the call. Alien is like one of those all-time popular movies. Like I have the Alien movies on Blu-ray somewhere, uh, but it's it's a super popular movie, big franchise. They yes. keep making them. They're big, you know, blockbuster box office successes. Ridley Scott, you know, they're, they're big success. But the way he rifled them off there, alien, alien, you know, I, I don't even, resurrection, alien, and he kept like naming the <laughs> subtitles and the everything like that. That then I'm like, oh, maybe that is a cult following. Yes, yes. <laughs> when when you start like getting into that detail and listing like eight movies, I'm like, oh, well, maybe maybe that is. I don't know. I think so. I, I alien definitely, in my opinion, would follow into the cult following. I you know. Could be. I mean, they it's have just, their conventions. I think it's hard for me as a for a movie to look at a blockbuster movie and say cult following. Yeah, no, that's true. Usually, that's like B movies. I think a lot of and not this this is a loose definition, and not everything will fit in this. But I think if you have a convention about the franchise, right, Brian? Hmm. A lot of cult followings have you know whatever con, right? And I think a lot of those events are around cult. Not all of them. 
not all of them, are around cult followings. Star Trek has, I don't know what they call it, but they have something other than Comic-Con that they do for just Star Trek fans. I, I think that's very um, cult following-like, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that's interesting. I, that's a way to uh, look at that. Someone's saying, I've seen uh, Tupac Rooms, Dale Earnhardt Bills, um, right? I mean, everyone's got their thing. I don't know uh, what if all those would be called cult followings. Like we said, the Bills, depends on where you are. Here, right. I don't. you can't call the Bills a cult following here unless, you know, we're all in the cult together. <laughs> but I think if you look somewhere else, to me that kind of fits the definition more, where it's like finding another Bills fan is it, you're excited by it because it's not everyone. It's a small group, and you it's almost like sharing a bond somewhere. A lot of like music subgenres and everything are like this, where it's, you know, I like this one particular band. Oh, you've heard of them before? I made friends in high school. Uh, I can't say the movie on the air. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> there's, but there's a couple like where you overhear somebody talking about one movie and you're like, wait, you've seen that? And then you're friends for the next decade. Right. <laughs> like it just works like that. You see someone wearing a t shirt, like, hey. Let's go. It's like doing the Star Trek hand thingy. That was the Big Lebowski for a while, but now that has become very mainstream. Right. So that's the thing, right? So you have uh, someone said Escape from New York. That's a cult following movie, I would think. Uh, they Live. There, you know, there's another one. Uh, but anyways, I'm Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, cult following, and then to me it hit the mainstream. Like once you have a Super Bowl commercial parodying your movie – and you're assuming that everyone who's watching the Super Bowl, which is half the country, is going to get it. Yeah. You've skipped out of the cult following part. You've gone very mainstream. But it became mainstream thanks to that cult following. Now, can things go the other way around? Yes. Think about this. Um, I was uh, driving out of here, and there was a big cruise show going on at uh, the Marriott around the corner. And I'm thinking, you know, there's something, a muscle car that you would never think of, at least I wouldn't have, as being something that would have a cult following. But as we're now shifting more and more, you know, uh, you know muscle cars used to, you know, a Mustang on the road, the Chargers, you know, all these cool oh, yeah. the Firebirds and T-Birds and everything like that, uh, these really cool older, well, now they're older, but they weren't always older cars. Uh, they were just cool cars. But now, you know, then you got people who drive minivans and uh, Corollas and you got the pickup truck crowd and everything like that. And it gets older and older. And now people are doing electric cars and they don't make the big engine noise. And the price of gas is uh, $5 or more a gallon, depending on where you live. Is that something that's going to become a cult following? Or maybe is it already there? Muscle car people or just people who enjoy... That kind, you know, yeah. revving the engine, the big loud sound of something that sucks up gasoline, goes really fast and goes really loud. Yeah, because you know those cruise shows, Brian. People go from show to show, right? People that were at that cruise show over the weekend at the Marriott, they'll be at another one. They next were probably weekend. at Canal Fest, right? The week before. I mean, and and that would fit the definition that I read off. You know, they have a fan base that they go, they. Um, they talk about it. You you can have conversations. I've overheard conversations of people talking cars for, you know, hours and hours. I mean, heck, think of the popular radio shows that have been all around just car talk. You know what I mean? So 
I, I think that would fit into it. And as you said, as time goes on, those muscle car um, collectors, owners, I mean, I, I, I believe that'll become more and more of a cult following. You said Elvis. I think Elvis, if yeah. not already, that would become, he would become a cult following. That's, that's uh, I was just about to bring that up too, right? Where it's something that was hugely popular once upon a time, and then it you know dwindles out, it fades away, but you still have that hardcore group of people who keep it going. And I feel like Elvis, even though you know I'm just uh, there was just a big movie, you know, top in the yes. box office about him. That's breaking my own rule, but Elvis is kind of becoming that. Going in that to, director in that direction. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to get there. Yes, Elvis is going to get in that cult following era. Where, like the Beatles, I don't think ever will. No, like no. the Beatles, I just think back. are just going to be ubiquitous. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be out there. Everyone knows the Beatles and whatever. Um, and you're going to have a ton of fans and new fans all the time. Elvis, I think it's more and more of like you're getting together. You got like the TCB tattoo that you flash each other, and it's going <laughs> to become like I don't know why. Like uh, I, I think of a cult following as like an underground society. Like you're the free Graceland is the uh, the meeting place. Yeah, you're all getting together at Graceland um, uh, once a year for your big Elvis con. Now, we, now, I know we did this show, but do you think Frank Sinatra will ever be that? Or will Frank Sinatra be like the Beatles? Always hmm. always there, always in, you know enjoyable. It's always it's good dinner music. I don't... Because I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Yeah, you are. You say you are. But, like, is anyone obsessive over Frank Sinatra? Not, not obsessive. But That's I, a thing. But I, I think... It will always be there. I don't think Frank Sinatra's music fades like Elvis might. Right? No, I think that's I right. It, I don't think it'll be the Beatles. Frank Sinatra is not the Beatles, but I feel, hey, you know, having people over, background music, oh, let's put some Frank Sinatra on. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't I, I just want to know like what party you're having where you're no, like, let's throw some Frank Sinatra. It's not a party. On. It's a it's a dinner party, Brian. You're having a lot of dinner parties? Oh, I'm not. Where am I? Like, I'm just trying to think of like any time you would invite me over to your house and throw on Frank Sinatra well, in the background, I'm not I'd be like, have, what's going on, Joe? I would not invite you over and have Frank Sinatra on. <laughs> but you know, right? someone mentioned a Dale Earnhardt room. And you know, some of the, these NASCAR fans, they have their driver, Brian. And I would say that's kind of like a cult following, right? Like uh, Chase Elliott. You know what I mean? I mean, it is. Yeah, so, you know, NASCAR is super popular, but right. if you, you're just the one guy. Yes. Okay. You know, like, I remember in the 90s, maybe it was just, uh, but Jeff Gordon was very popular, right? Mm -hmm. Dale Earnhardt obviously was as well. And you'd have people that would have welcome mats with Jeff yeah. Gordon's car on it. You have big surly guys with rainbow tattoos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jeff Gordon. Yeah. That's I mean, a cult following. Exactly. So, yeah, NASCAR, huge, right? One of the most spectated sports. But particular drivers, I think, have cult followings. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, that seems about right. Yeah. And it's, you know, sports teams in general. Like we mentioned the Bills. The Bills is, would you call the Bills a cult following? They have rabid fans all over. But to me, in Buffalo, it's not. You go to Texas, I think your little Bills club is a cult following. The, the Bills backers met in New Orleans. You know, that's a... You got a cult following there because you're in a smaller group of people, diehard, uh, watching them every single week. What about the Raiders? Now that could be considered. I a, just think they dress goofy. No, I mean, but you have 
right? I mean, all throughout the people who've never been to Oakland, Vegas, or Los Angeles, wherever they are now. Uh, you know, I mean, they dress up. They've got the pit. I don't know. To me, that's that that would fit some of the definitions of cult following. I guess so. They're they're just kiss fans on vacation. <laughs> is that like, what it is? Yeah, on the off uh, tour dates. Okay. I heard uh, Gene Simmons said that this uh, Kiss's final tour. Uh, oh, now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something they announced like three years ago. Yeah, they're doing a festival like two months from now. What I thought, I'm. How much did we pay for those Kiss tickets? I thought it was going to be their final uh, stop here in Buffalo. Yeah, that's what we thought. And then, what, the year after, the year everything came back, didn't they go to Darien Lake? We didn't even get the final Western New York show. They did come to Darien Lake? Yeah, like in like last summer. I want a refund. <laughs> How much did we pay? It's a good question. I don't think we paid anything. I, know, I don't think we did either. <laughs> um, uh, surprise, surprise. Um, John in Grand Island, you're on WBEM. We were just talking about Kiss. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. No, I just, I just tuned in. So I want to know where that falls in on your, uh, on your spectrum here. Is it mainstream? Is it? Uh, I, it's to me, uh, John. It's, as a rock band, you don't really get that much more mainstream than Kiss. But I, again, I can see depending on your definition of cult following, if you go along Joe's lines, absolutely. You oh, got yeah. people who are going to be buried in the Kiss coffin, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, but. Uh, as they're getting older here, I don't know if it follows that dip and then resurrection. So we'll see how that goes. See, that's the thing, John. Thanks for the call. I, I think, think Kiss will. I don't think Kiss has dipped. No. When have they dipped? Maybe not, but I, I think Kiss will have that following for a long time. Like I think you you have these people. I mean, you have people. But I, you- I don't think it's going to be Elvis to where like I do see Elvis for as huge as he is, as great as he is. I see there being a point where the only time Elvis is being played is by diehard Elvis fans. In our lifetime? Yeah, maybe. By the end of our lifetime. I, I think like only the big Elvis fans are really, you know, playing and listening to Elvis music. Kiss? Like that's a that's gonna be around for oh, forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think people will still be playing that. That's like it's in that classic rock. They're a huge band. Although I will say, Joe, um uh, Ace Freely, New York Groove. That's a big song in our household. Okay. Um, we were at we're at this uh, place back in uh, New Orleans. Uh, you know, they do. You can shout out any request. They were playing any song off the top of their head, and he would even like, you know, they'd be playing one song while he's listening to another to try and figure it out. And really, then, you know, go, it was amazing. How talented! They couldn't play New York Groove, Ace Freely, which is technically a Kiss record. Yeah, they and, couldn't play it. No, I mean, didn't wouldn't you think that's to me? I'm like. Sitting here thinking that's a very popular song. You would have thought someone would have yelled that before. Yeah, I mean, they got the face paint on. I will tell you this. Someone went to school today with a Kiss lunchbox. I mean, that's how Kiss goes even younger than us, Brian. You think so? I think so, yes. I I would say someone went to work today with a Kiss lunchbox. Oh, that too. But I (laughs) I bet there was was someone in August from K to. Oh, yeah, good (laughs) point. <laughs> okay, in the last year, someone went to school because. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe I think you're right. Uh, fantasy football getting a shout out um, there, and yeah, again, that's a tough one. Started that way. Yeah, it's you have casual fantasy sport players. You have, and it's annoying at the end of the season when you need them to win and they don't update their roster because they're already out of the playoffs. You have basic cable shows like hour long nightly cable shows. Yeah. 
all on fantasy football. I feel like that jumps into mainstream. I think so. At a certain point. But again, you know, it depends on your definition. Anyways, um, RIP to uh, Uhura from Star Trek. Passed away over the weekend. Cult following or not, mainstream. uh, Either way, legend of the TV game. We will be back tomorrow here on Beam as and Beamer. But first, we have to let you know that if your garage door is ugly, you can win a new one from Clopay. Enter for your chance to win the Hamburg Overhead Door Ugliest Garage Door Contest starting next week. Stay tuned. No purchase necessary. May the ugliest garage door win. David is next on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.